You know his nickname, right? That um, a state fan of my timeline coined, and I laugh every single time I see. I think I, I forgot it. I saw somebody talking about it. Um, I think it was... I forgot what game it was now. I think it was you on Twitter. I saw yeah, somebody it was posted a picture. Yeah, It was yeah. Uh, Bilbo Bagman. Yes. <laughs> every single time I just die laughing at that. Um, uh, and I'll never... For, uh, yeah, Josh is... Uh, he's an interesting dude, as I'm sure you'll... Uh, you'll get to figure out welcome to an acc podcast i'm lauren brownlow thrilled to be joined by cl brown yet again and uh we we had a little delay in recording but as a fellow parent of a of a toddler i understand when when kids kid life gets in the way and we were just talking about the various merits of like <laughs> various kids TV shows and how it's like, it's like some of these shows are like kitty crack. It's, it's <laughs> it really is. Paw Patrol it's, ranks up there in terms yeah. of this, yeah, the insatiable appetite for more. And not to mention, you can't go into Target or somewhere where even if you're looking in, in the food section, you see like, Paw Patrol uh, oh my God, uh, macaroni yeah. and cheese and Paw Patrol <laughs> fruit snacks and they're they're all they're all over the place, man. You can't you can't get out of there without like he literally was like, For Christmas I want Tanner to bring me a Paw Patrol shirt and I'm like, Oh, for the love of God. Yeah. Uh he's really into like Pokemon too, which Oh really? Yeah, like so he loves Pikachu. We saw the Pikachu movie in the theater. He loves Pikachu. Oh, yeah, I want, but like, but like we're we we wrestle so much right now with like educational shows, you know, because it's like, yeah. all right, we can let him watch TV if it's like something educational, but like. I mean, Paw Patrol is not super educational. So he got into like Doc McStuffins recently, and now he just sings "Do What the Doctor Says" over and over again. I'm like, all right, but like she doesn't diagnose her toys with like real medical conditions, so I'm a little torn on it. But I'm like, whatever, I'll allow it. Maybe he'll be really into medicine now. And For I don't some know. reason, that made me think of Cool Mo D. Go see the doctor. <laughs> that, that's just- <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's anything that I can use as like a, not a threat, but like a, hey, Doc McStuffin says to do what the doctor says. Oh, and the yeah, doctor yeah. says you need to eat your vegetables or For like the sure. doctor says you need to take a nap. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, yes. Especially at a time of year where I can't really use Santa right now. Because um, <laughs> he's like, well, what's Santa doing? Is Santa, uh, is Santa taking a nap? I'm like, um, he's probably a little, re- he's probably resting up. He's like, is Christmas soon? I'm like, no, but that doesn't mean he's not watching. <laughs> he's got his feet kicked up in Tahiti. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's vacationing in, in on an island somewhere. Sipping yeah. a pina colada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, don't talk to me about Christmas. <laughs> For a, for like three more months, so I feel like my kid unconsciously knows that, and he's like, "All right, he's not keeping a list right now. I don't even see my elf here. Like this is no, um, yeah, it's it's. Oh. So your kid's into word party, right? That's yes. what she's watching now. Yeah, yeah, word word party. I like too. I, I yeah, that's educational. Dance with her in the beginning. Oh my god, so many earworms in that show. Oh. Yeah, it's it's fun though. Uh, kids shows are a real adventure. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this is an ACC 
basketball podcast, really, believe it or not. Of course. Um, yeah, I actually, I, I didn't want to, again, ACC Big Monday kind of messing up my schedule. I didn't really want to do a show until after, you know, Duke and Florida State played, even though, like, I just, I mean, I, I, I remember I was awake until, like, 1 a.m. after the Carolina-Duke game, just because, like, that's oh, one of those sure. games. yeah. You're like living on that adrenaline almost after watching a game like that. And it's like that even after a lot of Carolina Duke games, even if they're relatively routine, that one certainly was not. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, but I was all excited. I remember when it started at six, I was like, "Ooh, I'll get some sleep. And the next day, we actually left here at like 5 a.m. to go (laughs) drive up to the mountains. Oh, yeah. Saw your pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I need to get some sleep," and I just could not sleep. I could not, I could not go to sleep until like one a.m. because that just that game was just so crazy, and I just couldn't stop thinking about how insane it was. Yeah, um, it was, it was like a choose your own adventure. There were so many different kind of endings and twists to it. Um, so much material. There are, are a lot of different people that covered that game um, that I read and went back and looked at and everything. There, there was a lot of good stuff that came out of that game. It was almost impossible not to have a good story off of that. Well, it's funny. I said to myself, if Duke wins, I'm not going to write a column because of course Duke wins, whatever. But I was like, if Duke, you know, if Carolina wins, I will write a column. And I ended up writing one anyways. And it was more from the viewpoint of like Carolina losing somehow after everything that had happened. Um, you know, after everything they'd done in that game to look like they were about to win. But uh, yeah, I just had to. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, I mean, and this isn't to take away from Duke because like that, you know, Carolina has actually left the door open previously, even in games that they've won. Like NC State comes to mind, for instance, at, at State when they, you know, they went scoreless for a bit. They were a little sloppy, but State couldn't capitalize. Yeah. and. Duke's the type of team that's going to capitalize. So, you know, they still had to do a lot to, to, to get there. But, you know, I, it, for me, it was just more like, again, not to take away from Duke, but it's like Carolina, just so many things have had to go wrong in these types of games. And a lot of things had to go wrong late for them to to be able to lose that. I I, I wondered, I mean, there's so many th- ways we could go with this, but like Armando Baycott after the game, I know his comments have gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, where he basically said, and I watched him say this, and I immediately, when, especially when you watch the clip, I think it comes away better than if you just read the text. But For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Because that's how, the thing is, if, if Armando said anything else about the way they were when they went up 13, the energy, everything from the energy in that building to the way that team played in that final, like, five and a half of regulation, or, or four and a half, was it four and a half or five and a half? Uh, I think it was when four and up, a half. Oh boy. Everything about the way they played indicated that they felt like, oh my God, as well. <laughs> like so for him to say anything else almost would have been disingenuous. Yeah. I, I like I like when the guys keep it real and, and he certainly did. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I felt like when I heard his comments and then saw some people kind of react to it, I, I was like, Man, I hope he doesn't get killed for these comments because it was it's it's always refreshing to hear that honesty. And um, and for for an athlete to be uh, genuine about what's going on. And so because he could easily just gave us a canned response 
that gave us no insight and really <laughs> it wouldn't have made any stories because uh, uh, because he was being vanilla. So I'm glad he, he was truthful with it. And I hope he continues to be kind of that honest. But I, I have a feeling somebody might be pulling him to the side <laughs> to uh, give him an interview one on one in, in a lesson and coach speak uh, moving forward, which. Which is sad, but, (laughs) you know, and I mean, look, I think it's weird to me because Carolina played the entire rest of that game without almost like free of that fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I mean, easily to me, that was the best game of the year. Not close. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Even even better than their win against Oregon, which I thought at the time was kind of a uh, (laughs) was a sign that big things were to come. But maybe not so much. Um, but yeah, I don't see how, I mean, I don't know how they rebound off of that. I really don't. I, I, I know, you know, Wake Forest obviously is tonight and they, they'll have other big opportunities. They still have to go to Louisville to play. Um, and, and obviously they'll make the return trip to Cameron for Duke. But Man, that's just one of those gut punches. It takes you a while to just catch your breath from. Yeah, I I think I compared it to like a fighter who was already on the ropes and like doubled over just getting like punched in the stomach. (laughs) And it's like you're just trying to last till that bell, but you don't know that you can. They need somebody to make it easy for them. That's the thing. Um, And I don't know that that's going to happen. Just looking at what they've got left. I mean, I don't right now. I don't see how this team doesn't play on Tuesday. At the AC tournament, I don't see how. Yeah, yeah, I don't. And I know there's a big jumble, right? But like, I mean, with what they've got left, you know, at Notre Dame suddenly looks way tougher. I mean, at Wake, you can't even take for granted, you know, tonight. Wake has been. I mean, I I know they're three and ten in the league, but they've been in games. Like they've they've they should have beat Virginia at home. Well, I won't say should have. They were in position to beat Virginia at home and and lose that in overtime. Um, they were in position to beat Clemson on the road, ended up losing that by three, obviously, but they just lost to Syracuse on, on a last second shot. So they're, they're not as bad. I know it sounds stupid to say they're really not as bad as a three and 10 team kind of, uh, would indicate. It's weird. Danny Manning is, you know, he's probably not going to last all that much longer at Wake Forest. We all know that, but I think the most interesting legacy that he's going to leave um, is the way he developed every single big man that came through there. Oh, like, yeah. in that way, he has totally lived up to the hype. Olivier Saar has been great yeah. and just continued to progress really, really well. And, I mean, I, that's not nothing. Not to me. <laughs> no, and honestly, if John Collins uh, stays one more year, like, nobody th- he nobody figured he was going to be a two-year player and, and bounce. Um if he stays one more year after they get to the NCAA tournament, you know, the first four that that one year, then they go back to the tournament again and probably, you know, probably are in the top tier of the ACC and, and competing. So it would have changed everything. But obviously, yeah. it's a big if. Yeah, Danny. And I like Danny, like, personally a lot. Yeah. Um, he's left some game management stuff. To be desired, certainly. Um, and then I think he's their defensive numbers have been bad in his tenure. And I think those two things combined are what are going to ultimately do him in. But 
you know, it's like you said, it's a, a break here or there. Maybe, maybe a guy staying, not just John Collins, but some of the guys that have left early oh, yeah, in the past yeah. that you, that you're like, wait, why did this guy leave or whatever? But that's, that's college basketball nowadays. Anyway, it's not just Danny being affected by that, yeah. but last year, yeah. Bryant Crawford and, uh, and the other big yep. man, I can't even think of his name now. Um, number four, oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, that's Tory Johnson who's still there. So, or no, the, he's not still there, but that's Tory Johnson. Well, no, so not number not four. Point. It was... Uh, Jalen Horde. Jalen Horde. But yeah, I'm thinking two years ago. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Dora, Doral Moore. Doral Moore. Oh, Darrell yeah. Moore, yeah. And that, that's another guy that when I saw him as a freshman, I was like, there's no way that guy's going to be good. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he turns into a really good – like, he has done a really good job with the big men. And, um, you know, this is – it's going to be a really challenging game for Carolina, if, if especially if Garrison Brooks can't go, because Garrison Brooks finally started to play well against Duke after he'd kind of struggled since Cole Anthony came back. Um, it, that's – you know, add him to the list – I guess of guys that have gotten hurt this year. Yeah, um, he was. It's it's down to Armando as the only guy. Well, assuming Brooks doesn't play, but um, as the only guy yeah, who's played may. every game, if if Brooks can't go, really, yeah, yeah. and all twenty two. And Armando got hurt. Like Armando's ankle yeah. bent in such a way <laughs> against Virginia er, against Ohio State in that game that I was actually like, "There's no way he'll play in the next game," and he did. Um, wait. Did no Leaky did miss a game. What about Justin Pierce? Yeah, I think Leaky missed the uh, uh, what was that? The Wofford game. Pierce, yeah. J- Pierce and Keeling have played every game, haven't they? Well, I guess it depends on what you, you mean know. What by maybe? <laughs> well, maybe I should have just said started every game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you know that's the thing with Carolina too. They they. I will say this for them. I you you talk about the gut punch thing, and it's real. But you know what they've they've managed to get up off the mat in some situations that I didn't think they would, like the Boston College game, for instance. And they played well at Florida State, even though they lost defensively. Yeah. Um. And and Keeling has really come on, and Leaky Black is playing a lot better. And that I think is something that that doesn't have to stop just because, um, you know, just because they lost yeah. um i i think they can gain confidence from that and keeling is like um, a totally I, different player these last yes. few games um and really seems to be thriving just going for that mid-range jumper and i i think with keeling and pierce in particular um the some some plays that they've made they, i have a, a friend that's a scout nba scout and he, he he jokes that sometimes when when a player will get past the first guy and do some kind of good move or whatever crossover and then get blocked at the rim or something else he uses the phrase he ran out of talent <laughs> there have been a lot <laughs> of times where pearson keeling this year have run out of talent trying to get to the trying to get to the rim Pierce especially, yep. man. It seems like he'll have open plays right yes. there. Oh, my gosh. And somebody will come and block it. But uh, it seems like Keelan is kind of smarted from that. He's he's starting to pull up for those mid-range jumpers. Um, he's like the king of that the last few games. And it's it's yeah. getting his confidence going. So. Yeah, he um in Carolina's first eighteen games, I'm just looking at Ken Palm. You know how Ken Palm does like that offensive efficiency ranking or rating or whatever. It's ORTG. He had two games over a hundred, and a hundred is not a super high number to break. And he's been in over a hundred five straight games now. Wow. So 
that's that's a good indicator of where he's at right now. He's taking good like good shots for him because half the shots he takes, like even in the Duke game, I'm like, that's not a good. Oh, it went in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> good for you. Like it's a good shot for him if he's comfortable with it. And uh, uh, you know, Leaky Black has been a way better passer, which is what I thought we'd see more yeah. from him too. Um, nine assists against Duke, and he had that one bullet pass to Baycott in transition that I actually was like, I I, t- I think I tweeted this later. I was like, that might have been the best pass I've seen a Carolina player throw. It, it was. That like, was the first time <laughs> I'd seen like that's like prototype. Roy Williams play when I think of them running in transition it's just advancing the ball yeah, yeah. and somebody that can make that long exactly. bullet pass like a la Kennedy Meeks yeah, or, or whoever who was so good, was at, good at that too yeah so it, it's like we hadn't seen that at all this year that that to me was the first time that happened this year now I haven't I, I, yeah it felt it like did, it, didn't it, it did I can't say it for certain because I haven't watched every possession of every game but man that that was missing. And I think one thing that I was intrigued by um, was when there's a, a segment where Roy had Leaky on point and played uh, Cole off the ball. And uh, yeah, I, yeah like that. I do too. I kind of think, I think they should play that a little bit more. I think it just frees Cole. They up. Yeah. They, yeah. And the ball doesn't get stuck as exactly. much um, when exactly. that happens. And that's not, that's not a knock on Cole. I mean, it's, you know, it's not an easy position to play especially when you know their offense is what it is but I think it just makes everything run more naturally um yeah we definitely talked a lot about Carolina already but like and I don't you know I, I, I've joked about this on this podcast but it's kind of true like Duke is like the good child in this area <laughs> so we don't we don't need to pay as much attention to them <laughs> you know we don't need to like get on them to do their homework um and it was interesting last night after that win against Florida State. I actually was not as surprised by that win as some people were. Um, I knew they'd be tired, but I also know that they're young kids and they adrenaline goes a long way. And that building was um, was ready for that game. And I think in spite of what Kay said after the game about like <laughs> the standing O or whatever, um, they I think that gave them a lift. Um that they got a lift from being back at home and I thought that they would and they actually I think they and Carolina both statistically have a good record the game after playing each other um I was only surprised by how I expected them to come out flat like I expected there to be that moment in the game where where Kay is on the sideline and turns to the crowd like we need you and waving his arms and you know and yeah. them trailing in the game and somebody just made a three and that gets them going and gets them over the top. But they never had that moment. They never really needed to because of I mean obviously it got close, but you know when I look back they've led for like. 30, I, I forgot how many minutes. I, I, Florida State only led for like two and a half minutes that, that whole game. So it was always them just challenging. But Duke was in control pretty much from start to finish, which th- that's the only thing I was surprised about. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Um, Florida State, obviously North Carolina will look back on theirs as a missed opportunity, of course. But Florida State is in a little bit different position. And I, I felt like... Um, I felt like they are going to look back on this as a big, as a missed opportunity Um, because they, they, I thought they got good looks from three and they're a good three point shooting team. They didn't shoot well from the foul line and they're a good free throw shooting team. Um, And they, you know, they played well defensively, which is what they do. 
but they couldn't capitalize on the other end. And I got, I really, I would, this Florida State team, I would feel good about, and I still might when March comes around. We'll see. But I would feel really a lot better about them being able to make a run in the postseason if they had like one more really good offensive player. But they they just have so many guys that I think are still developing and just a really, really good senior in Trent Forrest at point guard. Um, But they have a little bit of raw talent offensively that I don't think they're quite, quite, quite there yet. But they... God, they're still so good defensively. I like them. Man, defensively, I was just amazed by how, like, when they switch, or when they're switching everything, um, they really don't give up. There's not really a glaring mismatch. A couple of times they caught uh, somebody small having to be on Vernon Carey. Like, one time it was uh, Devin Vassell. And, and Duke still couldn't get the ball inside to him because because of the way the you know ball pressure was because the way somebody from the weak side was kind of hedging and helping behind carry if he would have gotten a lob over the top like they they're just so sound defensively they're they're um, tough to score against tough to go against so I, I I think I like their chances to make a, a deep run um, because of what you mentioned Trent Forrest being kind of the lead guy. And I think uh, between uh, Vassell and MJ Walker, those are guys that uh, that I look to as as being capable of having a big game uh, in the tournament that can kind of get them over the top. Yeah, and I am now fascinated by Florida State's um, seven foot Polish center with the with the Dominique. taps. <laughs> yeah. I cannot pronounce his I last name. I can't either. That's what I just said, Dominique. <laughs> I was like Olejnijak, Olejnijak, I, I, whatever. Uh, either way, he's like now my favorite player. Like even he could get on carry and use his size, and he denied the ball really well to him. Um, I swear they grow these guys in a lab. <laughs> there, I don't. He just oh, oh one seven footer leaves. Oh, I got a yeah, few more. Yeah. And this year there's like two Euro seven footers for for Lenny, and I'm just like, what? Where do these guys come from? <laughs> It's wild. Um, but yeah, they, they, they played. And I, I need to know everything. I'm going to, at the AC tournament, I'm making it my new goal to ask about his tattoos. <laughs> um, That's great. He even has a thigh tattoo. Oh, Did you I see, that, see one? that one? I didn't see that one. Yeah. I was, I'm now fascinated by him and want to know everything <laughs> about him. Um, the dude looks like he's seen some stuff. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but I mean, look, Duke is, that's the thing. And I, 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 I've been saying this, I've been hard, I've been hard on Duke because I think, and I, I think Kay touched on this when he was touching on like the fans being spoiled. I think we have like in, in a lot of ways, I think we are sort of comparing this Duke team to past Duke teams and that we need to compare them to college basketball. And when we do that, I think they're just as good as. Oh anybody. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think, I think from the start, I felt like, people understood how special last year was and how unique that, yeah. that blend was of, of star power um, and Zion just period. <laughs> no, no additional, uh, no additional players or whatever needed just Zion's presence. But, um, but this team, I, I, I have liked their pieces all along, but I just, I, I picked Louisville at the beginning of the year to win the ACC. Um, Mainly because I was tired of picking Duke and not <laughs> and it not coming to fruition in the regular season anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but I also like Louisville's pieces a, a little bit more, especially 
their experience pieces. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was real interesting just to see how how I use the word giddy um, Coach K was after the game with with how they yes. pulled through. He was like a teenager in love. <laughs> he loves this team no, a lot. You and get I off get the it. phone first. <laughs> Yeah. No, you hang up. I love you more. No. And I and I think that's where the fan stuff comes from. It's weird. I, I, I said that I think it's like the first time he's paid attention to the crazies in years. Um, I think my theory is holding even more true because like, God, it was a rough night for the fans, man. Like the fans behind me were like, they just kept yelling like, number 24, look at me! Or like various... And I was like, is this supposed to be intimidating? Like y'all need to... And, I think he's what he's saying is like it, 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 this team needs you like this isn't you know I don't have a bunch of one and dones on this team like yeah they ha- but let's not act like they yeah, don't have talent yeah, of course exactly. they have talent like like Carrie's plenty talented Cassius is is talented but he's still figuring some things out I think in terms of his overall game uh, Wendell Moore is talented they have talent it's just not your vintage Duke team in the sense of like what we've seen in the last few years but I think he loves this team because of how well they defend he's a defensive coach at the end yeah, of the day yeah. right and 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 I think he's liked the one and done stuff but I don't think he's liked how poorly his team has defended at times and going and, zone <laughs> for large swaths of the well, year that hurt his heart <laughs> You know, and and I think like that's what's interesting to me is how much he's sort of fallen in love with this team um, because of that. And like you see him pull guys in a heartbeat now if they don't if they're not defending well, like just you're out. Um, And he he can afford to do that because he'll put somebody in that will. Alex O'Connell, we're looking at you. (laughs) You know, no names, Alex. No, but he's well, come there, up big. There's no D though. in he's Alex come up big. I, I, Alex is one of my favorite players on his team, man, because it, it seems like he gets in those situations where it's a quick hook and, and things like that, but he keeps coming back, even when it seems like maybe he's in a doghouse of sorts or whatever, but um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it affects him too much. And he, he had a big three late against Carolina in regulation. Oh, yeah. Um, he made a big three last night. Uh, coming off the bench and and kind of giving them a hitting lift. those baseline those little baseline yeah. mid range last night too. I was like, oh, that's a new little wrinkle to your game. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, so they're getting it done. Just maybe not in the ways that they have in the recent past for sure. But um, they they're I I, I feel like they're um, they could win this uh, regular season title, even though K says he doesn't care about it. <laughs> Yeah, they could. And uh, he, you know, I feel like he will then, Um, which is fine. I get it. Like I said, he's totally in love with this team. He's like me in Notre Dame basketball. Um, That's what he reminded me of back in like 20, uh, back in like uh, 2015, I think it was. Yeah, 2015. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved that team so much. And uh, that was like me in Notre Dame, the way he was talking about his own team. And I, that was me just like gushing. Over yeah, them. I feel like uh, um, Dan Lebertart was clowning Pat. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. He used to play at Notre Dame, number 24. Uh, Connaughton. Connaughton, Pat Connaughton. Yes. I love because he's going to be in a dunk contest. I, I just kind of briefly saw it. I think I think he was running a poll on who was Pat Connaughton. Man, Pat can dunk. Come on, Dan. 
He can. He can. He was one of my favorite players. There's a there's a blast. Th- that's the thing too. Like they that that team was really fun to talk to as well. And Pat was probably my favorite guy to chat with um, on on that oh, team. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite players to cover too. Speaking of my favorites, Cam Johnson threw down on JaVale McGee last night. Man, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like at the end you saw Cam, like when he came down and landed, it was almost like he was in disbelief too. <laughs> or either that or it's probably uh, what he's got a quad injury or something. <laughs> he might have tweaked it already. Uh, so but. Pat, Pat James, who who covers Carolina for Carolina, tweeted last night. It it reminded me that last year he had dunked on somebody in a game and and Kenny Williams had said, that wasn't a dunk. It was an exaggerated layup. Uh, Well, but last (laughs) night it was not an exaggerated layup. And I I love Cam. Cam was one of my favorite guys to cover. Yeah. So smart. So fun to talk to. So that was cool to see. Um, But yeah, Uh, that actually does get us to Notre Dame. Um, though the pat connaughton thing so thanks for the smooth transition hey hey don't look now notre dame winners of four straight i mean i i'm i'm not saying because (laughs) lord knows they've hurt me before um when i think they're turning a corner a little bit and even even the two like two of they have not had a loss by more than five points since december um yeah, oh, they, wow. they lost yeah, by two yeah. to Indiana on neutral, five at NC State in one of NC State's better games in, in a while, honestly. Uh, Louisville by three, Syracuse by two, Florida State by one on the road in the game that, you know, Mike Gray was like, the refs love us or hate our football <laughs> or whatever. And yeah. I'm really, I mean, tonight against Virginia, that's a super intriguing game to me. Um, that's a se- It's a separation type game. I mean, you got a lot of... That's a huge yeah, game. You, yeah, you got a lot of those uh, tonight. We're, we'll get to another one soon, but that's a that's a game where I'm really eager to see where. Okay, where are you, Notre Dame? Because they haven't beaten a top fifty ish team since January. So, all right, let's see where you're at. Um, they're pl- they're playing well. They're doing what they do. You know, um, I feel like it shouldn't have been that close against Clemson without Amir Sims, but it's at Clemson. That's a weird place to play. I'm not going to ding them too much. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like where they're at. Also, though, like I feel like all of these middle of the pack teams are. <laughs> yeah, you could beat t- you could beat any of them or lose to any of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And you know, winning on the road in this league is not easy. And they've got three of them under their belt. So, you know, who knows what could happen? Um, but the thing is with Virginia, and we saw this over the weekend. Virginia suddenly getting it going, and I'm not going to mispronounce it here. Tomas Woldetensai. Oh my gosh, I. <laughs> And that you know that's something that we've been it's been sort of telegraphed for a while now where he's been playing really well hitting some threes it seems like they're starting to figure some things out offensively and yeah. that's I mean seventy three points for them is a is a good game they they played well in regulation yeah. eleven threes <laughs> like. T- T- yeah. Tomas hit hit seven of them Kia Clark hits four of six against that Louisville team like that's not nothing um, yeah and. They're sure. they're trending up at the right time because they've sort of survived this stretch of like horrendous offense. And I mean all around offense, like turnovers, offensive rebounding, free throws, all of it. That's the one thing that I couldn't understand with them, why they were turning the ball over so much. Because it just seems like, you know, you're not forcing pace and, you know, you're not forcing yourself to play a certain style. So, um, you're generally more deliberate with the ball. Like, I just didn't understand how they were – 
were uh, coughing it up as much as they were. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it seems like they've been able to kind of reel that back yeah, they've in. Yeah, they've had their and, two lowest turnover percentages of the of the year in the last two games. And again, against at Louisville, that's not nothing for me. Um, that's that's worth, you know, that's what it's worth mentioning. So, um, yeah, I actually thought they were going to steal that game. I did when they too. Came I'm sure back. Louisville fans did too, because that's their nightmare. <laughs> it is that's their nightmare fuel. But Louisville played really well offensively, and that's like, I mean, to put up that number of offensive efficiency against Virginia, that's real, real good. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I gotta, sure. I gotta ask you about Stephen Enoch because. <laughs> This dude, and they, Louisville, by the way, has a tricky game Wednesday at Georgia Tech, so that's worth keeping an eye on because Georgia Tech's plenty capable, um, record aside. But the, he every now and then when he gets the ball in the post and he backs this guy down and, and scores, I'm like, they, this is a legit back-to-the-basket big guy. Or he could be. Yes. But that's just not, it seems like that's just not how they utilize him Except for like in ice, like in certain situations, right? Is that just me? You know what? I I feel like the problem is you can't depend okay. on him. Like he's he's good when you when you're not expecting him to do it. But if you game planned around him giving you that production, I think he'd leave you wanting. Okay. That that's that's the kind of way I look at it. It's, it's but he's physically like he has the tools. That's the thing. He's, the, he's like, a, what do they call it? Like an off the bus guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all airport yeah, team man, guy. Yeah, man, like 6'10", 255, but like a like a he just looks like a slab of granite. Like he's not he's not chunky at all. Like he is so strong. Yeah. And I you're not going to move him from the block. I want him to be that guy so badly because he just looks like he's that guy. And I, I don't know. It's But like you said, yeah, it's like he's – I mean, he only took six, seven shots against Virginia, and I feel like I saw every single one of them. And I just remember thinking, like, no one can guard him. Like, give him the freaking basketball. It's a low <laughs> block, man. Like, But, yeah, yeah, it's – it's. I, I, I like him a lot. I, that was just somebody I wanted to mention because, like, he's been fascinating. To me, yeah, um, but I think the combination that you know using him and Malik Williams yeah. um, as their as their big guys, I, I think that's what gave you know uh, Vernon Carey still ended up I think with twelve or thirteen or something against against Louisville when they yeah. played, but I felt like Enoch and Williams just gave him a lot of trouble yep. on, on the blocks. He couldn't just get settled in like he's uh, been able to do against some other. Yeah, teams. no, I'm with you on that one. Um, it's yeah. I, I obviously they're still really good, but that game Wednesday is worth keeping an eye on because they they only beat Georgia Tech by four at home, um, and Georgia Tech you know they have pieces, so we'll see. They are sneaky. I'm actually going to that. Game. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm doing a piece with uh, with Josh Pastner, so I'm I'm heading down to Atlanta. That's why I'm actually going to miss Carolina Wake Forest tonight. Are you going to miss it? Heading to Atlanta. Yes. I mean, but you won't miss it. Oh, <laughs> I didn't catch that. Like, yeah, that game is sad. I feel sad about that game already. <laughs> oh, sad Panthers fans. Like, it's just like so much, so much angst in that building, and like Wake is an angsty place to play, even when they're good. Um, yeah, it's just, oof. And like, do Wake fans even want to win? Because what if it saves Danny's job? You know, just so much, so many feelings. <laughs> But they hate Carolina and they hate losing to Carolina. So that'll win the day probably. But like, man, um, 
Yeah. No, that it, it'll be Josh Pastner, huh? You know his nickname, right? That um, a state fan of my timeline coined, and I laugh every single time I see. I think I, I forgot it. I saw somebody talking about it. Um, I think it was, I forgot what game it was now. I think it was you on Twitter. I saw yeah, somebody it was me. posted a picture. Yeah, it was yeah. A Bilbo Bagman. Yes. <laughs> Every single time I just die laughing at that. Um, uh, and I'll never, uh, yeah, Josh is, uh, he's an interesting dude, as I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll get to figure out. Um, and you already yeah. know, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to read it. He's, he says some things sometimes that you just go, what? Um, Um, big one Tuesday night too because we've talked about the other two Tuesday night games and State's had a week off now um, after getting a much needed win against Miami Um, and they're at Syracuse and that's a team you know you look on paper and you're like oh State you know they're going to struggle in that one whatever that's a team they've always played well against you know even though State sometimes if a team goes into a zone against them in normal games they act like what is this for whatever reason they have always played well against Syracuse and I don't know I like I like their chances like I do I like I like their chances to play well in this game I don't know if they'll win it but this is a big separation game too uh in terms of NCAA tournament in terms of ACC in terms of a lot of things yeah I think that uh state is in a position right now where where um this is to me, this is going to be what determines, you know, where they fall, if they can kind of ascend and maybe get that number four spot in the league or if they're just going to kind of fall by the wayside into the oblivion of the middle of the pack teams. Um, I do think Syracuse hasn't had like that vintage zone where everybody has length. Like, I feel like it's been a while since we've really seen Syracuse have have a zone that that is uh, intimidating. CJ like, Fair ain't walking through that door. <laughs> exactly. Now I just think they just have a regular old two three, you know, yep. uh, holes and everything in it. So yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this turns out for State. Yeah, if I'm if I'm State, I'm putting CJ Bryce at that soft spot near the free throw line and just letting him operate things because he you know against Louisville the only good thing uh about a you know week and a half or so ago that came out of that is him starting to play well and uh he carried that over to Miami and I like you know that's that's a guy that I think can without when he wasn't on the court for them I didn't you know they played some teams with some zones and they tried some different guys in that soft spot at the free throw line and at the high post and and it didn't you know, they tried Jericho Helms. They tried all kinds of people there, and it was just kind of not the best fit for any of them. But I think Bryce is somebody that can give them um, exactly what they need at that spot. So yeah, um, we'll see. It'll be it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. Um, and they need that one. Separation Tuesday in the ACC because as much. And I've been hard on state, and I haven't been hard on state because I'm trying to be mean or because I'm like trying. I'm like deep state, you know, anti NC State, whatever. I, I do it because I know what I know that they're capable of better. And yeah, yeah, for sure. But after all this, they're six and six. They're still a game out of the four spot. They have a head to head over Virginia. They could get a head to head over Syracuse. They have a head to head over Notre Dame. Like th- those are all the teams that are six and six or seven and five. And that's that's a really good spot to be in. You know, so I think that they're in good shape right now. Um and this week off, I think, will have helped them a lot, and they can reassess some things and get get settled back into playing with each other. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I wonder though, uh, NCAA tournament wise, how many teams do you think the ACC gets in? Uh, because man, <laughs> it's a lot of average teams in the league this year. Yeah. But the thing is like, at the end of the day, I don't think they're just going to put the whole Big Ten in there. Sorry, like they're not, you know, and <laughs> and and so I think that I think that it ends up being four, you know four or five, for, because I think like if if one of Syracuse or NC State can sort of take care of business and do what it needs to do, you know that'll you know and Virginia's put itself in good position, so I'm counting them as four. Um, and so if one of Syracuse and NC state can kind of sneak in there, I, I don't know that both get in, but I think one of them yeah. can. And right now, you know, I don't want to, uh, and even, honestly, <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm not, even Notre Dame has like not put itself in the worst position. They don't have a signature win, but they have chances left for that. Um, yeah. like they've put themselves in good position too to potentially sneak in. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I, I think it'll. I, I get why you're saying that, and I don't disagree. But I think they've put themselves in position. I think to get, I think they'll get at least four, five. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think five might be a stretch unless because uh, I like Syracuse. Um, I don't think they beat anybody non-conference. I'm trying to think. They didn't of their best win non-conference, and nothing is coming to mind. They they like whiffed on all of their you know, quote-unquote marquee games out of league. Um, yeah, their best so, one is Virginia right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the one thing that'll help them that I think, like, also will help State is that, like, their non-conference schedule isn't terrible, and State's is, is really, really freaking solid. So State has put itself in good position if it can take care of what it needs to do. Yeah, um, yeah I do think State is is – a NCAA tournament team now. And they look if they like play one, like it man. the rest of the way. Yeah. They do. I, yeah. I'm okay. I want, I, I want this for you state. I think you could do it. Um, <laughs> well, you know what really for me, what disappointed me more than anything with state was losing at Georgia tech. And it's not just losing at yeah. Georgia tech. It's the way that they played and they just came out flat. It was like, they were on a high, it's really like they can't have nice things. No, they, they won three straight. They coming off the big win at Virginia. CJ Bryce in the you know uh, previews interviews that we were doing was like, we feel like we can play with anybody, and then they just go and lay an egg. I know. And it's like what? <laughs> if they get honestly, if they get through these next two games with wins, I will be like almost more impressed than I would be if they beat Duke. And I say that because, like, these two games, Syracuse, they play well at, usually, but Boston College on the road, like, that has been just, I mean, he was even a trouble spot for Duke the other day. Like, that yeah. is that is a place where good teams go to die. Virginia lost there. <laughs> like, and that team defends you and makes you work. And it, that if they win both of these games going into that Duke game, I'm going to feel, you know, I'm going to feel excited for them. Um, because yeah. th- those are, you know, they look easy on paper, but they're not, <laughs> you know, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see what happens with those two. Those are, this is a big stretch for them because they have those two like should win, but isn't going to be easy games. And then they got Duke at home. Um, and they've had success against Duke at home and then Florida state at home. They got to get at least one of those, um, to yeah. feel good and about then North, at. at North Carolina. So that, that's a big, big three game stretch for them. Five, Yeah. That's a five game stretch of like Syracuse away, Boston college away. And then those three games in a row, uh, Duke yeah. home, 
Florida State home at UNC. Like that's, yeah, they got to be, I would say they got to be three and two in that stretch, but it probably depends on which three and which two. So <laughs> true, true. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So we'll see. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting, but they've put themselves in a good position and at least they went into this like break with some confidence. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's see what, what else do we have? Um, oh God, Boston college at Miami. Woof. Um, okay, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Chris likes came back, so that's good. Um, and Miami's young guys are coming on. So sure. Yeah. They just, uh, <laughs> They, I mean, from the beginning of the year, just personnel-wise, I figured it was going to be kind of a, a rebuilding kind of situation there. Um, so, uh, it is good. Chris Likes is my favorite player under six feet <laughs> in the nation easily. Um, Love him. But they they have a funny way of, of right when, you know, right after – getting blown out, being able to bounce back and, and give like, like the Florida state game, they, they got waxed at, at NC state and then they come back home and, and nearly knocked them off. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd take them at home tonight. If anybody's asking uh, uh, or Wednesday, yeah. yeah Wednesday you, against Boston. College. You know what I won't be doing? Watching any second of that basketball <laughs> game. That's just out of self care. Sorry. <laughs> Um, God bless you, Chris likes, but no, it's a no, it's a no from me on that one. Um, and yeah, Boston college, I don't know what you're all about. You're whatever. You're just, you make no sense to me. Um, you, they don't, they don't make any sense. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just weird. Like they've really come on lately. They you beat Carolina at Carolina. They really pushed Duke and probably should have won that game. And then they beat Virginia tech on the road. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I- I think as uh, as Popovic is Nick Popovic has gotten kind of his legs back under him. I think that's helped them out a lot too. Um, <laughs> I'm still remembering. I don't know how many games he ended up missing. Like probably he like missed a 10. lot. Yeah, and I, I'm still remembering. Yeah. And I know Kay didn't mean anything by this. I don't know if you remember this. After the new, you might not have been at the New Year's. No, were you at the New Year's Eve game against against BC, the Duke BC game? Um. Yes, I okay, was. Okay, so yeah. after that game, because I remember, like, literally, my That's eyebrow, my it. eyebrow, literally went up in real time when Kay said this, because like Boston College looked like one of the worst offensive teams I'd ever seen, and they didn't have Popovich in that game. And Kay was like, you know, in some ways, they're tougher to guard without him. And I was, oh like, yeah, what <laughs> are you talking about? Stop it! Like, I know what he's trying to say, but I was still like, come on, Mike, let's not do this. Like, no. Not a thing. Uh, they don't have anyone that can score because they really do defend. They get after it, but yeah. Um, like I think they're what are they in Ken Palm? They're seventy fourth defensively, which is not amazing. But I think in conference games only they're oh they're twelfth. Okay, maybe my eye <laughs> my eyeballs are deceiving me. Whoopsie. Okay. Welp. They're they're scrappy. <laughs> they're scrappy. Short. Oh boy. Wow. Their offense is a little dead last though. In, in conference only like it's there's a lot of red on that column for Ken Palm. Um, it's pretty ugly, but they, you know, they, they can ugly it up and especially there, but I don't and know. That's all they need to do. I, I've, yeah. I've, I've exceeded my quota of talking about Boston college. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. So that's, and Clemson at Pitt on Wednesday, whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got nothing for that one. Clemson's lost three in a row, and I know they didn't have Amir Sims, but like their offense is just 
fallen off a cliff and rolled around and caught on fire. Um, yeah, it, it's that's a big game for Pitt. Yes, it is. Um, yes. I mean, they're still middle of the pack. Why not? <laughs> you know, they could pull a 7-7 in the league and still just be two games back of uh, of the four the the tie for fourth yeah it's it's definitely a big one like you said this is that's why i've called this uh i called this episode i think separation week and in what i had to title it i don't know if we'll call it something else but it is kind of like that where a lot of teams can get a little bit of space from from the middle of the pack or just make their lives that much more difficult so yeah i mean there's a lot of teams right now that are still muddled in the middle and uh, you know, there's a lot. I think I think like everybody in the league right now in Ken Palm is still projected. Uh, you know, the the big three we can push them aside right now. Everybody else is projected to finish between six and eleven league wins. I mean, that's yeah. not. And the, there's I uh, think like that's crazy. Uh, yeah, there's a I think like nine are projected to finish between eight and eleven wins. So that's I mean anything can happen in any of these games. There's still a lot on yeah. the line. I mean, even Clemson is still projected to finish with six wins. Uh, Carolina is not Carolina Wake and Miami down there at six wins projected. So yeah, it's still odd seeing Carolina down there. Oh, AC- <laughs> Given what we thought this team would be, we're going to turn up on ACC tournament Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. See lots of that. That's going to be more packed than usual, or maybe it won't be because maybe Carolina fans will just be like, "I'm done." Um, you know, I I think there is still a glimmer of hope. For Carolina fans that that they're going to run the table at the ACC tournament. Well, okay. And I, and I think that Duke game gave them, you know, gave them that hope against hope. I mean, I could see that, except for we would have to discount the entire end of the the Duke game. Um, well, and here's a stat. Here's a stat for y'all, okay? Because I know everybody was like, "Oh my God, this is the worst Carolina loss," and I understand why. So Ken Palm does this thing called like win probability. And he has a ranking of like the most improbable wins this year by a team, like in terms of now to be fair to Stephen F. Austin, that's the most improbable win in terms of the lowest chance they ever had at any point in the game of, yeah. of anybody this year. Right. The lowest. Um, but that was like largely due to like what they were at tip off. Right. And the disparity between them. So anytime Duke even had like close to a double digit lead, you know, they were going to. They were in, you know, they were going to have a low win probability. Yeah. You would think the Carolina Duke game would be up there. It's in the top 50 in terms of win probability, the minimum win probability that Duke had. But Carolina has had a worse loss this year. Clemson. Really? Clemson. They had a, Clemson had a lower win probability um, at one point in that game than Duke did. Um, and some, I'm trying to remember what's the most they led Clemson in that game. Well, they want they they were up by like ten with like two minutes left. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that was the point or not. Um. Yeah, that might have been. Uh. Where? What's the score there? Yeah, it was like. Yeah, they were up. They were up like ten with like. Uh. Yeah, with the pretty late, and they were. Yeah, they had to have a lot of things go wrong. Uh. That was actually the moment where I left my seat courtside and went down to the media room <laughs> and then proceeded to watch clips and come back and have to go back out to my seat for overtime yeah i can't see a time i can't see a timestamp on it but it was like 68 58 with like looks like two minutes left yeah that was the minimum win probability and th- so that was a more improbable win 
than the Duke win. Because, and part of that is like where the, the rankings were, you know, like Carolina was 20 some spots higher, whereas Duke obviously. Yeah. But still, like, you know, the, I'm just I'm just putting it out there that like because even people next <laughs> but, to me were like, there's no way Carolina loses this game to Duke, you know, in the closing seconds. And I'm like, y'all are not new here. They blew they blew a team. <laughs> they blew a game against a team much worse than Duke. Even though that team beat Duke, I don't know. I guess, oh, this year is so dumb. <laughs> it is. It is bizarro. Uh, not just ACC, but college basketball yeah, as a whole. The preseason number one's out of the poll. Yeah, it was. It was weird <laughs> to kick them out this week. Like I was like, oh yeah, no, they need to be unranked now. Yeah, Ugh, Michigan State. Yeah. Although to be fair, my preseason number one is still in the top three. That was uh, Kansas. That was- Oh, okay. Yeah, I was one yeah. of the few rogue Kansas people. Um, <laughs> so, all right, CL, well, I'm going to get you out of here on that. That's that's enough uh, college basketball talk. Um, she's still watching Word Party? Uh, no, it's PJ Masks now. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Graduated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that'll, that'll get her in there, too. Yeah, just... Uh, you can consider some Doc McStuffins and see if that uh, little. I would, I, I'm going to float that out. See if she, see if she. Little takes little it. Einsteins will get you a lot of. Will make you feel a lot of parental smugness too. Um, if you if you can get her into that, my kids' first words were "blast off" from Little Einsteins, <laughs> which is like I was like not super That's proud awesome. of, but like at the same time, like they have like classical music they teach you about in that show, and like classical okay. pieces of art and stuff like that. It sounds like I might learn something too. <laughs> I learned stuff watching that show. So if you need a dose of parental smugness while putting your child in front of the television, uh, there's there's one for you. Yeah, I appreciate that tip. <laughs> all right, all right, CL. Well, thanks so much for doing. Tell everybody where they can find you. Thank you. Uh, I'm on uh, clbrownhoops.com. I'm trying to uh, ramp up my coverage for the closeout of the season. So I'm, I'm writing a lot more, trying to write a lot more than I have uh, since launching the site last month. And so, you were uh, on, you were, you, you caught my eye because you were on the row of photographers last night at Duke. Hey, man, it's, I'm a one-man shop, so <laughs> I got to try and do everything. I can't pay freelancers at this point. So, uh, yeah, I, actually, I'm kind of proud of the shot I got, too. You should be. <laughs> like, that's a that's a tough thing to learn. I'm still, that's, like, my next on my list to try to get. That and, like, video editing. I just, oh, you yeah. know, the, the, we all have to be multimedia these days, and you're putting in that work. So, good for you. Yeah. You've, done, you've done really good stuff. So, all right. I'm going to get you out of here. All right, y'all. Later this week, Caroline Darney will be here in the flesh in my home, staying with me. So she will be recording. I think I'm going to try to get her fresh off the airplane on Thursday night as she's probably groggy from the West Coast time change. Uh, West Coast, East Coast. Although I guess technically it'll probably be like 5 p.m. West Coast time. So she should be good to go. We're going to record as soon as she gets off that airplane and we'll preview the weekend for y'all. But until then, bye. Bye.